Genesis chapter number 21. I'll read four verses of scripture into your hearing, and then we'll see where the Lord leads us. Genesis chapter 21, verse number eight. When you find it, say, I got it. The rest of you find it off the screen. You say, I got it. Come on, we're working together. And this is what the Bible said. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Verse 9, And Sarah saw the son of Agar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, because of this, she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of the son. And God said, verse 12, unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of the bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for an Isaac shall thy seed be called. Amen. Sarah refused to allow a mistake to coexist with her miracle. She refused to allow a mistake of doing it her own way to coexist with the promise of God that she now held in her hand. I've come to preach to this church on this first service what mocks your miracle. What mocks your miracle. It's about to be a bad day for the devil. If you believe that, clap your hands and thank God for his word one more time. Lord Jesus, I declare a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost on this first service on this Sunday. I declare and decree an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon God's people and upon guests that are in this house. Let there be miracles and signs and wonders. Let's pray here for a moment. I pray that God, you would do whatever you want to do. You would say whatever you want to say. That you would speak whatever needs to be spoken. Put words in my mouth today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name. Before you're seated, I I want you to do me a favor, and that is this. The beauty about coming to a place where you don't know anybody is I don't know anything about you. I don't know your dog's name. I don't know your family's name. I'm looking the faces of total strangers other than Pastor Levine, his family, and a few others I've met since I've been here. This is what I want you to do. You need to know that God's speaking to you today. And here's how you're going to know it. You're going to ask Jesus to put words in my mouth to speak directly to you. Things that there's no way I could know, things there's no way I could understand. And God is going to honor your prayer by putting words in my mouth to speak directly to you. So if you've got a situation, you've got something, you need a word from God, I don't care what it is. This is what I want you to pray. Jesus, put words in that man of God's mouth to speak directly to me. Would you one more time, would you do this with me? Would you lift your hands and ask Jesus to put words in my mouth? Come on, take a few moments and ask the Lord to do it.
And now thank him one more time for what he's going to answer. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Let me first of all start by saying that if the devil's talking to you, he's lying. Because every word out of his mouth is a lie. He is the father. He is the father of lies. There is absolutely no truth in him. He cannot tell the truth. The only time where I find him telling the truth is when God asked him what he was doing in reference to Job. And he says, I'm going to and fro on the earth. Because he couldn't lie to God. Because God knows exactly what truth is because he is truth. But if he's talking to you, he's lying to you. He's telling you, you can't live for God. That's a lie. He's telling you, you can't be somebody in God. That's a lie. He's telling you, you're never going to get out of your addiction or your issue that's plagued you for years. That's a lie. I've learned something about Satan. That whatever he told me I could not do, I can do. Whatever he told me I could not have, I can have. Because he's always trying to tell me what I can't and what I can't do. But I want to serve notice to the devil on this Sunday morning. And tell him I refuse to buy and listen into the lies of hell that says, I can't be what God wants oh somebody say yes Amen. so he's lying to you he's trying to manipulate you he's trying to convince you that there's no way out of the mess that you're in but there is a higher power that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think there is a God that's in this house that is a deliverer that can set you free and can make a new creature out of you every lie must come down every thought what am I trying to do I'm trying to convince you that what the enemy has told you for years is not going to happen. What the enemy's told you for years that it's not a possibility is a possibility. I'm preaching to somebody here today. You're not here by accident. God has marked this day. This is your day of deliverance. It's your day to be set free. It's your day to be touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. So who's told you that God doesn't do miracles? Who's told you that God can't do it for you? It's amazing how we believe God to do it from our neighbor and do it for the person down the, down the street or down the road in the church, but we can't personally believe God can do it for me. I hope before we're done here today that faith arise in somebody's heart and they can reach out and say, you know what, God is about to do something for me. 
We got to get acquainted real quick. I need about 10 of you just to stand up that believes God to do something for you today in this house that God wants to do it for you. And this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Today is somebody's day of deliverance. Today is somebody's day of leaving Egypt, going to the promised land. Today is somebody's day to get delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. You, you, can, you can be seated. I, I just want to know if there's anybody in the house that's never made a mistake. Surely, surely some of you good-looking dudes on this front row, you've never messed up. You've never made a mistake. Some of you wives are looking at your husband and saying, well, I know I may be perfect, but my husband, he's made a few mistakes here and there. Surely somebody in this mass crowd is absolutely perfect. Surely, surely nobody, I, surely I can find somebody that would just attest and say, yeah, I've never made a mistake. <laughs> Come on, buddy. You got some of the best-looking red hair on the planet. Surely you are a perfect red-headed angel. Amen. <laughs> Dad said, don't even go there. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, surely up here in Illinois, in this beautiful country, there's a, there's a perfect farmer that's never, never misappropriated when to plant the seed or, or never. You've, just, you've, never, you've never made a mistake. Surely somebody in this house. The Bible teaches us what you just said. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You are here in this house. You, are, you have walked into this place and you are sitting by people that are not perfect. Just because we're in this church doesn't make us perfect. Just because we get together and we come and worship God, it doesn't make us perfect. But there is somebody that's in this house that is absolutely perfect. And that is the... I feel a little Holy Ghost helping me right now. It is his presence. It is his power. Jesus is in this house. And Jesus is perfect. But I got a question. If nobody's perfect in this house, then how in the world have you experienced miracles? How in the world did you get forgiveness of your sin? You got buried in a watery grave in baptism. You received the gift of the Holy Ghost. It lets me know that your mistakes has not hindered the miracles that God has done for you. Matter of fact, your mistake was a setup for what God wanted to do in your world. Your failures and your addictions and your pain and your struggles has been an open door of opportunity for Jesus to step in and say, hey, I want you to know I can take messes and I can make them miracles. I can turn your life. 
I may not be able to run this morning because of a surgery I had a few months ago, but there's somebody in this house that your life was a wreck, but you came to an altar. You repented of your sins and God made a brand new creature out of you. Thank you, sister. Thank you for knowing where sin did abound. Grace did much more abound. I wish somebody say, he brought me out of a miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. Woo! Where sin abound. Grace did much more abound. <laughs> One guy said, before sin could put his shoes on, grace done finished the lap. Come on, somebody. The grace of God. Aren't you thankful for the gift of the grace of God? You didn't deserve to be here, but Jesus made the way. I should have been dead, but I'm here. I should have been a train wreck, but I'm here. I didn't deserve this, but the power of the Holy Ghost changed my life. Well, I made this mistake and I made this mistake and you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know who I've been with. You don't know the tragedy I've been. You don't know all the confusion I've caused. You don't know all the pain that I've caused my family. Nope, I don't. But I know a big God that can step in your world. <laughs> I know a big God that can step right in the middle of it all and he can turn it all around for you. He can give you beauty for ashes. He can... You know why I'm still here? Because he just wouldn't let go of me. He kept holding on. He kept holding on to me. He kept on saying, you can make it. You can serve me. You can. I wish somebody here with the Spirit is saying in this house, it is a mistake that is mocking your miracle. Some of you are so nervous right now. Don't be nervous because I'm trying to just simply just convince you, just preaching a simple message, trying to convince you that nothing can stop you. So why are you stopping? Nothing can hinder you. Why are you backing up? Why? Come on. You come in here saying, well, I'm just going to try it one more time. I'm going to throw in the towel and I'm not going to pursue God anymore. But God's saying, hey, I gave you chance after chance after chance. Why don't you give me a chance? Why don't you... I was at a church service a few months ago and uh, the power of God started moving. The glory of God filled the house and I looked over to a, a lady out in the audience and she was a short lady and very short. 
and uh, she was worshiping God, lifting her hands, magnifying God, and she'd look down at her feet and lift her head back up and just crying and shaking, and the power of God was all over, and I didn't know what was going on with Sister June, had no idea. Well, I really didn't know this about her. When she was born, she was born with her foot crooked, and they faced inward like this, and nobody laid hands on her. Can I, can I just say this? She had made some mistakes in her past. But she was born with crooked feet. But in a service just like this, where the power of God started moving, God healed and straightened out her feet. And she kept looking down in amazement. What am I saying to you? I'm saying, I don't care what's been crooked. I don't care what's been crooked. God can take the crooked path and he can make it straight. I wish somebody believe what I'm preaching right now. Come on, God can take the things that's been messed up. You've been walking like this for years. You've been trying to serve God. You've been trying to be what God wants you to be. You know what you need. You need to understand that God can take the crooked places and make them straight. God can turn something around for you. Give me Isaiah 45. Crooked things made straight. Things that nobody could fix, fixed. Things that were beyond repair, repaired. You know what the, the, the woman with the issue of blood had in common with the demoniac in Mark chapter 5? You know what some of these folks in Scripture had in common? They were all fixable. They had problems. They had dilemmas. They had struggles. Oh, Zacchaeus was a short man. He couldn't see who Jesus was. He had limitations. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm talking to you in the Holy Ghost. Your limitations and your struggles, whether they're mentally or physically or emotionally or even financially, the things that inhibited you, that the enemy has incarcerated you by, that tried to convince you you can't get out of. Can I preach to you today that you are fixable? God can fix you. God can make a new... God can make a brand new creature out of you. So Isaiah 45, will you throw it up there for me, sis or sir, whoever's over media? This is what it says. Thus saith the Lord is anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of the kings to open before him the two levied gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Next verse. I like this. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in asunder the bars of iron. He said, I, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I the Lord, which call thee by name, that I am the God of Israel. I don't know what you need fixed today, but God can fix it. 
I know this is so simple, but I'm telling somebody in this house, you need to get thoroughly convinced. You need to get persuaded today that God can fix you. You need to get persuaded. He can fix your marriage. Help me right now, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. You can, he can fix your marriage. That teenage daughter that's beyond and out of control, he can get a hold of her heart and reground her and put her back where she belongs in the kingdom of God. I preach it to a mama right now. You made a mistake years ago. It's been plaguing you, but there's a miracle coming. There's a miracle coming. Let me preach to a Sarah that you did it your own way. Let me preach to a Sarah that got tired of waiting on the promises of God and you did it your own way. So, you know the scripture, the Bible says that that God, or the Bible actually says that Sarah got tired of waiting on the promise of God and she told Abram to go into Agar, her the, the servant, the bond servant, and go in that we may have seed and have a child. And so you know the how that Ishmael was born. Ishmael was what? He was a mistake. Ishmael was a mistake. He was the result of the flesh. He was the result of people who had a word from God that got tired of waiting on that word and did it their own way. And so the the mistake was born. Is this okay if I say that Ishmael was a mistake? The mistake was born and Sarah, Sarah made sure the baby was taken care of. She fed the mistake. She took care of the mistake. She coddled the mistake. She did everything to make sure that the mistake would live, that the mistake would grow, the the mistake would survive. (laughs) But when that promise, when O Isaac come, whoo, hallelujah, I don't know what that mistake was saying to this promise, but something got on this mama that bothered her to no end. And when she seen her miracle being mocked by her mistake, something came over her. (laughs) And that's what needs to happen to somebody in this house. You need to quit allowing your mistake to coexist with your miracle. You need to tell your mistake to get out of your life, out of your face, and off of your back. Come on. You know how... You've taken care of your mistakes so long uh, that you are nervous uh, about taking care of your promise. Uh, But it's just like having a second kid. The nature that God gave you to take care of your mistake uh, will be the same nature that God gives you to take care of your promise. And how you will know how to take care of your promise is because you've taken care of your mistake for almost 14 years. I preach it to somebody in this house. God is going to give you the ability to take care of the promise and the miracle that God has for you. Get out of here, Ishmael. I'm not feeding you anymore. I'm not talking to you anymore. We don't find anywhere in Scripture where Sarah ever talked to Ishmael ever again. (laughs) 
The enemy of your soul is trying to get Ishmael's to come back into your world. He's trying to get you to entertain them, to love them, to feed them, to talk to them. There is a mistake. Somebody better hear me right now. There's an old relationship that's creaking, that's creeping back into your world that's trying to convince you to take you out of the church. You need to ignore Ishmael. Somebody... Somebody needs to help me right now. You need to ignore the Ishmael. You need to tell the Ishmael, you're not going to coexist. You're not going to stay here in my promise. God has too much for me. He's got too great of things for me. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. You're gifted and you're anointed and God wants to birth promises and miracles in you. You need to tell Ishmael to take a hike. Come on, somebody. You need to tell Ishmael, not on the, not today, devil. Not today, devil. I'm not going to let that mistake coexist when there's a miracle that's in my house. There's a miracle. There's a miracle that God has. There's a promise of revival. There's a promise of a move of God. Don't let your Ishmael rob you of the blessing and the provision of Almighty God. Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift your voice to the Lord right now. Uh, I like it when God told Abram, he said, he said, you take your son, your only son whom thou lovest, to Mount Moriah. When God was talking to Abram, he didn't even mention the mistake of Ishmael. The mistake wasn't even considered. It was the promised son that he was asked to take to Mount Moriah. And so you've got Abram, which is faith, holding on to promise Isaac, going yonder to worship. The servants had to stay at the foot of the mountain. They couldn't go because servants, uh, they don't have a choice. They got to do what you do. Worship is a choice. Worship is a decision. You got to say, I'm faith and I'm holding on to promise and I'm not taking Isaac. I'm not taking Ishmael rather up that mountain. I am holding on to what God said was mine. It may and I hope this is okay. It may not come when you want it to, but it'll always come right on time. And there's somebody in this house, you got a word from God years ago, and you're sitting around saying, where's my promise? Where's what God said was mine? Can I tell you, don't allow a mistake. The God help me right now. Ishmael's birth will never hinder the birth of an Isaac when God says you're gonna have a child. Just because the mistake stake was first doesn't mean the promise is not going to be born. There's a promise coming. There's a promise coming. Woo! Sister Amy had made a lot of mistakes in her life. A lot of mistakes. But I was in a service a few months ago with her and her right arm was crippled. Literally, they did an MRI on her. They could not identify what was wrong with her. The doctors couldn't figure out. Her right arm had become withered and crippled. Early 40s, no signs of stroke, 
Her arm was just like this. I was walking through the church and the pastor says, hey, Brother Burns, would you pray with Sister Amy? We need God to heal her arm. I simply just went in obedience to a woman that's made a lot of mistakes. And I just reached over, laid my hands on her forehead, my left hand on her right arm. And as I began to pray for her, I just said, Jesus, I want you to restore her arm. I'm not telling you this to say that I'm anything. I'm telling you this because I believe God can restore things to people that have made mistakes. And I re I prayed for her, and as I prayed, she started pushing on my arm, and God instantly, right before my eyes, healed her right arm, and she's still healed today. Why? Because mistakes that you made cannot hinder the miracle that God wants to do for you. He is a miracle-working God. He is a healer. He is a helper. He is a deliverer. He is a God that is. He is the almighty God. We find him in Mark 5. The Bible says he's a man of Gadara. He is miserable. He's crying. He's in the mountains. He's in the tombs. He can't fix himself. He can't help himself. He's a mess. Bible says nobody could tame him. He would often be bound with fetters and chains and he would break them asunder. Nobody could fix this guy. He was a mess. Bible says he had a legion of devils in him. Had he made some mistakes, every time he cut himself was a mistake. Every time he tried to do it his own way, it was a mistake. But one day, he seen Jesus. <laughs> One day, he's seen the deliverer. Do you know there wasn't enough devils in him that could stop him from going to Jesus and getting a miracle? He hadn't made enough of mistakes. I don't care how many times he had cut himself. I don't care how many bad decisions he had made. When he ran to Jesus, I'm preaching to somebody today, there's not enough mistakes. There's not enough failures. Quit letting them mock your miracle. Your mistakes cannot stop it. There is a God that can turn your miracles around. There is a God that can make a way for you. Come on, man of Gadara. God can deliver you. Come on, man of Gadara. God can get you sitting and clothed and in your right mind. I was at a, a Bible college about two years ago and I, I was actually preaching a conference at a Bible college location. And I get, I was starting to preach about in, in 1 Kings, I believe it is 18, how that when um, the man of God, the prophet, had set up the two altars, one to Baal and one to Yahweh, and how they had sacrificed the bulls and put them on the altar. And, and he begins to tell them to cry out to their God. And they begin, the Bible says, as their custom was or their manner was, they would cut themselves with lancets. And they would cut themselves trying to get their God to answer. It was a portal. It was an opening of the flesh that blood was flowing. They was trying to get their false God to answer by fire. 
And I just briefly mentioned this in, in the service. And I was just preaching away, you know, like we do. We're sweating and screaming and hollering and doing everything that we do. And I was preaching away. And, and uh, towards the end of the service, uh, one of the people in attendance in the conference said, Brother Burns, will you come to the back of the church and would you, would you help us uh, uh, pray for this individual? I said, sure, I'll, I'll come help you pray. Well, I didn't know it, but as I started preaching about cutting, there was a girl that wasn't even in the church building while I was preaching about cutting. Her friend knew she was on campus. Her friend left the church service. She left the church service, went out and got her friend at the end at the altar call. They walked in the back door with her blades in her hands that she used to cut her body. And they were sitting in the back. I walked back to a broken teenage girl that God's hand was on her life. That she was anointed and gifted of God, trying to give herself to the things of God. But yet, she had a lifelong mistake of cutting her body since the age of six years old. I walked back to her, Pastor Levine. I looked her in the eyes and I realized what was going on. This woman was so broken, she was crying and shaking under the power of God. Her friend standing there with these blades in her hand, crying, speaking with tongues as the Holy Ghost was moving. I said, Sister, you want to be delivered? She said, Yes, I do. I said, I want you to stand up. I want you to walk down the center aisle of this church. There is a man of God in the altar hall the altar area. He's going to lay hands on your forehead and God is going to totally deliver you and set you free. I watched this young girl after all these years of mistake. I watched her stagger her way down the center aisle of that congregation. When she got to the altar area, the man of God laid hands on her and the power of the Holy Ghost forever delivered her and set her free that day you say preacher what about now well let me tell you about now I've seen her several times she slips up next to me she said do you remember me I said yes I do she said I want you to know I have not cut since I have not done it again I have not why because whom the son oh I feel like preaching right now whom the son has set free is free indeed I'm preaching to somebody right now. There's deliverance in this house. There's liberty in this house. There's freedom. There's freedom. You can be free from every addiction. You can be free from every chain of darkness. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. God is a deliverer. Oh, somebody lift your voice and shout unto the Lord. All ye people with the voice of triumph in this house. (laughs) 
mistake, 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 miracle, 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 mistake, 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 miracle, miracle, miracle. Come on, the devil sees mistakes, but we see miracles. The devil sees mess ups, we see miracles. Mistake, miracle, mistake, miracle, mistake, mistake, miracle, miracle. Quit letting your mistake mock your miracle. Go ahead, Sarah. You hold that baby. Go ahead, Sarah. You love Isaac. Tell Ishmael, no more. Tell Ishmael, no more. Why? Because an Isaac's coming. Why? Because an Isaac's on the way. And Isaac's on the way. He caught Come on, young person, you're still anointed. The gifts and callings of God, who without repentance, you may have made some mistakes, but the miracle worker is in the house. Come on, Sarah, walk with that promise. Come on, Sarah, walk with that miracle. Come on, Sarah, walk with that provision. Come on, Sarah, make up your mind. Ishmael's gotta go because I'm a miracle. Because I'm a miracle. I'm a miracle.